In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is risen. Thank you. You know, I don't always, I don't always feel it. But it's not about feeling it. You know, I believe it. I believe it. I believe that Christ has risen. That's why I proclaim it. And I've noticed that when I give myself over to what it is that I believe and I proclaim, Christ has risen, then something supernatural wells up within me. The grace of God finds a dwelling within me. A place to be cultivated, something that's not dependent on my own ability and especially not on my own feelings. I read a little story, tiny anecdote this week, about a man in Greece. You know, Greece is traditionally a, an Orthodox country, although it's becoming increasingly secularized. And a man wrote that he picked up his phone when his phone rang one day and he said, Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. The person on the other end said, what is this place? He had gotten the wrong number, but he said, what is this place? This is a house. Who are you? I'm a man. Um, I didn't know anyone practiced this beautiful tradition anymore of answering the phone and saying Christ is risen for the 40 days after the resurrection. Perhaps because there are still some out there who say this. This is the reason why the world hasn't swallowed us up. There's still hope. There are still those who believe in the resurrected Lord. They're even willing to pick up the phone and say Christ is risen, not knowing who's on the other end. And they had a little conversation and and hung up. But I want to remind you, we're still in those 40 days, beloved, so please continue to greet one another from the heart with that beautiful proclamation. It's our hope, it's our joy, it's our way, it's our manner, it's our reality. Death has been overcome, despair has no foothold in our our lives anymore. So we greet each other with joy. Because the joy of the Lord truly is our strength, if we allow it to be. During this Paschal season, you may notice that the focus of the daily readings turns to the Gospel of John. You know, we have prescribed readings for every day of the year. The church leads us through various readings throughout the course of the year. And now we find ourselves in the Holy Gospel according to St. John in our daily readings. And you know, the Holy Gospel, according to St. John, is considered a gospel for the initiated. We refer to St. John as St. John the Theologian. It's considered to be the gospel for the initiated, distinct from the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This one specifically is prescribed during this season so as to initiate those initiates, the newly illumined, who have been just recently grafted, recently grafted into the body of Christ and to initiate them into the depth of the theology of the church 
If we have the synoptic gospels, which are more the, the narrative gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, with a lot of similarities, St. John's is the theological gospel because he goes very deep, illumining us with a deeper understanding of what's beneath the surface of the story of the life of Christ. And of course, now that the Bible is widely available for everyone to read, any book can be read at any time, but the church still leads us from deep unto deep, and it's important for us to understand what's going on in the life of the church, what she is leading us to, to go deeper. Not just to know by being able to recount the story of the life of Christ, but to be able to experience it by entering into the mystery of life in Him. So it's important for us to pay attention. Let's read the Bible. Continue to read the Bible. Continue to search the Scriptures. And one of my favorite ways of talking about our approach to reading the Scriptures Not that we just read them, but we are read by them. Let the scriptures interpret you and guide you and lead you. Let's apply these things to our lives. If we don't have Christ, then we're desperate and scrambling about as those without a purpose, but he gives us a purpose. We'll be like those who are breadless without the inspired words of the Scripture. A little each day, so as not to be malnourished. There's a reason that there are prescribed readings every day. Especially during this bride season, when we relax a little bit in some ways, it's important for us to remember that man does not live on bread alone, but on the Word of God. And then in today, today's gospel reading, we're given a specific story, also from the Gospel of John. A story which took place at the Sheep Gate Pool called Bethesda in Hebrew. Interestingly enough, that word Bethesda might be interpreted as house of mercy in Hebrew or house of grace. It's suspected that it was called that because of all the invalids the ill, suffering, who are there seeking healing. It takes place near water. And any time we hear water, we automatically think, in the Orthodox Church, we think cleansing, we think baptism, renewal. Water is a reminder of baptism. And we see it as a link to the bestowal of the Holy Spirit. Really the water of life. So pay attention to this theme, the theme of water, in our readings throughout this holy season. At the stirring of the water, only one could be healed. At this pool. But now in baptism, there's no limit to the number of those who can enter and receive life. The waters of baptism are open to all who would enter into them. There's no vying for who will get in first. In today's story, we learn of a man who had been paralyzed for a long time. We picture him as one among many desperate, pitiable souls laying around. And our Lord asks him a question. I think, believe St. John Chrysostom said he went to him because he had been there the longest, waiting 
forbearing, trying, but not succeeding. And then he asks him that question, which seems like it would have an obvious answer. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? This question, do you want to be healed, is really a piercing one. Do we understand the depths of it? The challenging insight presented by the Savior, by this simple inquiry. As we read the story, it's directed to the man in the pool, but, but we receive it as well. As asked to each of us uniquely, do you want to be healed? Do I want to be healed? Do you? Do I? Perhaps we would rather remain as victims of circumstance. Perhaps we enjoy an element of our paralysis, whatever our particular paralysis might be. It seems that any person bound by illness would answer unhesitatingly, it seems, yes, of course I want to be healed. Who would not want to be healed of paralysis? But desire is proven by action. Desire is proven by action. Speech and action are not always consonant with one another in our lives. They do not always agree, do they? Sometimes action disproves the words that are spoken. Revealing my true and my actual desire. Sometimes my action reveals, and oftentimes it does reveal my true and actual desire, despite what I say, disproving my stated desire. Perhaps I would secretly prefer to die a victim of paralysis. Pitied or not, at least left with a good excuse for my woes. Today's character had been ailing for so very long, 38 years. And yet, he was somehow unable to find his way into the water. And I don't want to question the reality of this man's weakness or sincerity. In my own hard-heartedness, I don't want to judge him. But I cannot but put myself into his position. If I had wanted to be healed, would I have not done all that I could to make my way into the troubled waters of Bethesda in order to receive healing? What a great sign of weakness it seems to present to the world when when we're fighting against our ailments, fighting constantly and failing, rather than just simply remaining as a victim. That phrase that I despise so much, just sometimes we just say, well, it is what it is. Give up. Don't give up. Even if the world thinks that your struggle is an exercise in futility, it is not. Because we're not those who are simply subjected to our passions. In thinking about this story, I wonder, when precisely was this man healed? When was he healed? When do you think? Was it when Jesus thought to heal him? I find it insightful that Jesus did not say to the man, 
You're healed, therefore rise, take up your pallet and walk. He simply said, rise, take up your pallet and walk. If that man had not believed, saying to himself, this is impossible, he could have remained, I think. But in this story, I see revealed the mystery of man's invitation to synergy, to cooperation with God. I think that the man was healed because, because he arose. But, you see, this is where the perfect mutuality, the perfect interplay between the desire of God to heal and free man and man's freedom to act of his own will. They intersect perfectly in that moment because it's not just that the man moved to stand up, but that he was instructed by the Lord Jesus to arise. And so I find today an invitation to synergy, an invitation to synergy with God. Here are a few quotations from the fathers of the church on synergy. St. Clement of Alexandria says, to save the unwilling is the act of one using compulsion, but to save the willing, to save the willing, that of one showing grace. St. Peter of Damascus says, I sent this one to you earlier this week. He says, human effort is profitless without help from above. But no one receives such help unless he himself chooses to make an effort. We need always both things. We need the human and the divine. And our ascetic practice, our struggle and spiritual knowledge, fear and hope, inward grief and solace, fearfulness and humility, discrimination and love. And then Kirill, Archbishop of Jerusalem, he says, For he did not lie who said that to them that love God, all things work together for good. God is lavish in beneficence, yet he waits for each man's genuine will. Therefore, the apostle added and said to them that are called according to a purpose. The honesty of purpose makes you called. For if your body be here, but your mind is not, it profits you nothing. And I would add that if the mind is here, but not the body, neither does it profit you anything. The two need to be united within the self. Just as the desire of God to act in the life of man and man's willingness to participate in the saving act of God happen perfectly with one another to accomplish the salvation of the human person. Our Lord is not one who forces or compels us to be healed, but he invites us. And then he allows us to get up and walk. Walk, for you're called according to God's purpose. If God is for you, then who can be against you? And beloved in Christ, God is for you. He's for you. This allowance of God for us to get up and walk, particularly from sinfulness and a life of passions and excuses, is an invitation for us to receive His love 
to be in His love, to live a life in which all fear is cast out. If God is for me, who can be against me? Me! I lie between God and my own ability to arise and walk. In my own corrupted freedom, I prevent myself from exercising the freedom that the Lord gives me to live a life according to His purpose. So a critical question we must ask of ourselves is, in what ways am I being called to get up and walk? Usually, I'll give you a hint. It's usually that which you do not want to get up and walk from. In what ways have I been wallowing as for 38 years? Awaiting a transformation that the Lord has granted me. Freedom to arise. Despite my destroyed self-confidence. That's the problem. Self-confidence can't get us there. Only faith can. Surely I am nothing. There's nothing that I can do on my own. But with God all things are possible. Is there a paralysis that I would prefer not to be healed from? We need to invite God by the grace of the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us. It may be painful. You know what? When God reveals the truth about ourselves to us, it hurts our feelings. That's okay. Sometimes we need our feelings to be hurt. Being hit by the truth. Because... Remember this, for us, there is no separation between truth and love because God who is love is himself truth itself. His offer stands, his pronouncement rings out and the healing offered here is not only a physical one, It's an offering to stand up from my spiritual paralysis. Paralysis of the will, which keeps me from cultivating an awareness of the ever-presence of God. It's our spiritual paralysis of the will that keeps us from cultivating an awareness of the ever-presence of God. And, And then why be healed? For what purpose? What purpose would we want to be healed for? Healing for the sake of being free of ailment is perhaps boring. Those who have been relieved of their complex identity, broken and affected in so many ways by pathologies, when one is freed from these complexities, he's faced with a new crisis. All of my life I've been paralyzed and and now I'm free. Free from what? Free from the only identity I've ever known? This kind of freedom is frightening, but so is flying. Imagine a bird falling from his nest for the first time. No control. Loss of identity. The comfort and confines of the nest and its limitations cannot help me now. Lost, falling, flailing. And then after a short time, which seems like a fearfully significant portion of eternity, I spread my wings. And I began to soar. Freedom from the confines that I had known so well, my own comfort, 
my own paralysis, my own sin. Perhaps my greatest fear should be now that I never exercise my beautiful freedom to return to such a state. And this, beloved ones, is the exhortation given by the Lord at the end of today's reading. He says, see you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse befalls you. Go and sin no more. Our calling is unto a radical rebellion against that which would return us to a state of paralysis. A radical rebellion against that which would return us to a state of paralysis. Just as the world would have the Lord return to the grave and Lazarus before him. Yet we fear not because love extends beyond the grave and even compels us to die daily. Death has lost its sting and the wings of love that we have been granted cannot be burned even by the fires of hell. These wings slice through lies and deception and carry us into the bliss of eternal life with Christ and God by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Hear these words from the prophet Isaiah. Those who wait on the Lord, those who trust him, those who are called according to his purpose, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Believe it. Beloved in Christ, believe it. Constantly gather yourself up and arise from paralyzing sin and self-deception. Today he is bidding us to arise and to fly with him. We may yet be bound by physical limitations, but the temporary inconvenience pales in comparison to the supernatural of joy of being unbound from sin. Do we wish to be healed? Then let us take the outstretched hand of the Savior and never let go. May our desire, may our faith, our true freedom to follow him be proven by our actions, that he may be glorified in our lives, always, now and forever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen.